shall we call them steel playpens or cages or dwellings in concentration camps. And ultimately, does it matter what they're called? The answer, of course, is no. It doesn't matter what they're called. And even though many white supremacists and politicians who claim not to be white supremacists have been up in arms ever since certain social commentators began calling these cages parts of concentration camps. The damage is the same. The damage is the same to the children. Emotionally, psychologically, yes, physically. Sleeping on concrete floors. Sitting, sleeping, standing in their own feces and urine. Leaving preschoolers to take care of toddlers and infants. No soap, no toothbrushes. And lots of stories about abuse, physical abuse, probably punishment for not obeying. One must raise the question about the possibility of sexual abuse of the children as well. Perhaps those details are already known to the ones who have the stomach to study the details more intricately. I keep seeing people writing on Twitter, America, we are too good for this. And I'm not sure what that means, because this is exactly who we are. We are either participating in conducting this kind of behavior allowing these atrocities to happen to these children or we are sitting somewhere turning our heads away as if we don't know about them. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is ignorance. 
And there's some question in the modern world about how much ignorance anyone can claim, especially in a country where information is as supposedly free-floating as it is in our American democracy. I'm stunned that the United Nations is not up in arms. I'm stunned that other nations around the world are not up in arms in condemning what is happening here. And much of it, most of it, is purely politically motivated, tinted, by racism. There's no way to deny that. How repulsive, how unacceptable, and the large majority of the people who allow this to go on or participate in making it happen claim to be followers of Jesus. That's an interesting claim. For some time, Americans have believed, for some reason, that God is their special God and that God loves them more than God loves anyone else in all the world. Therefore, God does special favors for them and expects them to have a better go of it than other people around the world. And when Americans think this way, they largely are thinking of themselves as white people. That is, white people are thinking they are the ones who are deserving of the special divine favors. This allowed for... plantation owners to justify slavery and it would allow the evil Mitch McConnell's brain to turn in a direction that would allow him to say electing President Obama was appeasement for having allowed slavery in this country. What a sickening thought in every respect. And incidentally, I doubt that he voted for President Obama. What about you? The way modern Americans, many of them, superimpose their cultural 
and social values upon Jesus and expect Jesus to be recreated in the image of the ideal modern prosperous American is laughable on the one hand and frightening on the other hand, not to mention sacrilegious when you bring the process under some sort of serious theological evaluation. Jesus was a first century Jew, faithful Jew, who never heard anything about a religion called Christianity, never saw a church, therefore never entered one, didn't know anything about a religion in which people prayed to him rather than to God, and rejected his way of life for something that uh, modern Americans like much more. Power, prestige, and plenty of money. And leaders in the religious right movement are singing these songs in Trump's ear all the time. He has no idea what's going on in terms of religion or spirituality. None at all. He's just an opportunist. But who wouldn't love hearing that you are God's person? God has put you in this position. God will take care of you. God will protect you. God will reward you for getting rid of these evil hordes uh, trying to attack our special country from the south. There's another thing. The idea that human-made borders and barriers, whether they're walls or rocks or lines in the sand, those are barriers humans have created God never agreed to play by those rules God never agreed to play the race game and see people as in any way different from each other because of the color of their skin God does not determine any value of a human being based on the amount of money that she or he has in a bank account or that she or he may someday inherit. Those children dying in the concentration camps on the southern borders of the United States, those children dying, most recently I heard about a young girl 10 years old dying, there probably have been others since I saw that story. Those children are worth every bit as much to 
God, as the children and the grandchildren of these arrogant politicians who think that their calling is to preserve wealth, particularly their own, and life for the most wealthy people, whatever the cost to those who can just barely get by financially, if at all. A read through Jesus' parable of the sheep and the goats really should be all it takes to clear up this messy theology and the way that many people on the religious right are trying to excuse themselves from an ethical response to the abuse of asylum-seeking immigrants and their children who are separated from their parents and basically left to rot, it seems, on concrete floors, cold concrete floors, with Trumpocyte lawyers willing to stand up in courts of law and defend the behavior of those Trumpocyte Border Patrol workers who will actually sit and watch a child die. What about those lawsuits against, against the people who have tried to go out and help those on their way into the United States who are suffering and struggling? criminal charges filed against those helping a fellow human being with food or water. I recognize that there is no good plan in place for how to deal with this, and that's ridiculous as much time as the intelligentsia in this country has had time to ponder it. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's too much for the intelligentsia. Maybe we should ask the everyday folks who have gotten along just fine without formal training. Maybe we should get some common wisdom from them and solve the problem. I'll get back to that in a moment. I am very grateful for the opportunity to work with Radio Public on this podcast and for the encouragement they have given me to take steps to get more involved in this podcasting process. Of course, none of the thoughts I share here uh, are their thoughts. They are all my own, and I take responsibility for those. I mentioned the parable of the sheep and the goats, one of Jesus' most famous parable, in some respects, one of the most troubling of Jesus' parables. Um, one of my favorite translations of the Christian Gospels is called the Cotton Patch Version. It was 
a translation done by the great Clarence Jordan, who founded Kenania Farms, uh, which produced many amazing movements, including Habitat for Humanity. Um, Jordan had a degree in agriculture from the University of Georgia, but for some interesting reason, he left Georgia, went to Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, and got a Ph.D. in New Testament Greek. Um, well, the combination of things served him well in his years uh, uh, at Kenania Farms. But anyway, uh, his translation, uh, his translations, plural, I should say, have been made into films and um, plays. It's pretty amazing. It contemporizes it a great deal, uh, although by this time, uh, Jordan's words are, are dated, even for us. Nonetheless, he changes the um, animals involved in the story from the sheep and the goats to cows and hogs. No offense to hogs or goats. And these are the words uh, attributed to Jesus by the Gospel of Matthew and recorded, excuse me, translated by Clarence Jordan. I'm not going to make any effort to uh, use inclusive language. Um, I'm going to read the translation strictly as Jordan had it. When the Son of Man starts his revolution, with all his band around him, then he will assume authority, and all the nations will be assembled before him, and he will sort them out like a farmer separating his cows from his hogs, pinning the cows on the right and the hogs on the left. And then the leader of the movement will say to those on his right, Come, you pride of my father, share in the movement that was set up for you since creation. For I was hungry, and you shared your food with me. I was thirsty, and you shared your water with me. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me, ragged, and you clothed me, sick, and you nursed me. I was in jail, and you stood by me. And then the people of justice will answer, Sir, when did we see you hungry and share our food, or thirsty and share our water? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or ragged and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in jail and stand by you? And the leader of the movement will reply, when you did it to one of the humblest brothers of mine, you did it to me. And then he will say to those on his left, Get away from me, you fallen skunks, and into the flaming fire reserved for the confuser and his crowd. For I was hungry, and you shared nothing with me. I was thirsty, and you gave me no water. I was a stranger, you didn't welcome me, ragged. You didn't clothe me sick and in jail, and you didn't stand by me. And then these two will ask, Sir, 
When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or ragged or sick or in jail and do nothing about your needs? And then he'll answer, when you failed one of these humblest people, you failed me. These will take an awful beating. Well, the just ones will have the joy of living. In another podcast very soon, we will look at some solutions to the immigration problem uh, that would alleviate, that will alleviate, the suffering of those seeking opportunities away from homelands where they feel unsafe for whatever reason. But what's going on now is not the solution. There must be some superior alternatives out there and thoughtful people in our country need to start looking at those and trying to take some kinds of steps to implement solutions. Until next time, this is Dr. David Farmer. I thank you so much for listening, and again, many thanks for the support of Radio Public.